Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Hey, welcome into the Sports Bar. Danger and Battaglia live from Buffalo Bills training camp. St. John Fisher University, the final practice of Bills camp this morning. And we're excited to welcome in our buddy from WIVB-TV in Buffalo, Josh Reed, joining us here in the Sports Bar. Josh, how's camp been for you? It's been great. It's always it's always nice to get up here for a couple of weeks. I feel like it went by really fast this year. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know if it was kind of the way they built in the off days. It felt like it was a couple of days of practice, an off day, a couple of days of practice, an off day. I don't Went by extremely fast, and I feel like, I know we had some rain today. We had rain maybe one or two other mornings, but one hot, hot day, maybe two. But I feel like the weather's been really fair, this, uh, this training camp. It just, it's always fun to be up here. The restaurants are always really good. The golf courses are second to none. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it, it, it will be nice to not sleep in the single bed in, <laughs> inside the dorm rooms, uh, you know, until next year. But... All in all, it's always fun to be up here in, in Pittsburgh and Rochester area. Yeah, as far as camp storylines, when Diggs spoke the first day, I felt yep. like that was it. But then after that, I mean, you know, somebody knock on wood, like as far as injuries, I, Josh, would you describe this camp as kind of peaceful? I would think this is what Sean McDermott would want. This, I think this is exactly what Sean wanted. I mean, we, we're, we're focusing on some of the smaller things you know it's not a quarterback position battle you know yeah. that, that's long gone since josh got here like you said stefan Diggs speaking day one took the air right out of that storyline which quite frankly i think in the media most of us were like good good let's just get that out of the way we can talk about it. instead of it kind of hanging over training camp day in and day out so that was that was good to get that out of the way injuries like you said knock on wood haven't been a storyline um, you know, some guys dinged up here and there, but nothing, nothing big. Like I said, knock on wood. We still got to, you know, still got to get through the rest of the preseason. But yeah, it's basically been the position battles, right? And kind of like what we thought coming in, middle linebacker, cornerback two, right guard. I mean, those have been day in and day, day out, these storylines. I feel like right guard and middle linebacker are the two true positional battles because it wouldn't shock me to see McDermott and that defense uh, shuffle guys in and out of that corner too, based on matchup. We've seen them do that in the past. That would seem to make sense. 
Uh, so let's break down that middle linebacker and right guard competition as, as far as what you've seen so far at camp. Middle linebacker, it looks like a two-horse race now between Bernard and Dotson. How do you think these guys are playing? Yeah, they threw us for a little bit of a loop early on because Balen Specter was in that rotation, and I think everybody went, whoa. Well, can I stop you there? That's interesting. Do you think Balen Specter is entirely out, or do you think there's something Balen Specter can do during the preseason that turns some heads? I, I don't think. I, I think he's out of it now. I think it's down to just... Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dotson. I think those are the two guys. I think they're going to get the majority of the quote-unquote important reps in these preseason games. I think Sean wants to throw them into the fire and go, okay, let's see what you guys can do now. And it was interesting. You know, we, we heard from him, you know, this morning. And it was interesting because I, I asked him, I said, you know, in general, you know, big picture when you got here to camp, you had these three spots that people were battling for. Would it, are you where you wanted to be? And he was like, yes and no. He was like he was kind of hoping that somebody would just take the job, flat out win it, and it would be over by now. But he said some of that, some of that is because one player will come out and have a really good day. And then the next day, maybe they won't have as good a day, and, and one of the other guys will have a better day. So he goes, some of it's just, Guys out playing each other day in and day out, which is a good thing because that means you have a true competition. It's not just, and I don't think we've, coming in, I, I felt like this was going to be a true competition. Sometimes you get to training camp and you hear, we're going to have a competition for this spot, and you know it's just smoke and mirrors. You know going in, there's no way player X is going to start over player Y. There's no shot. This, was, this is truly a battle, and I think it continues now, right into the preseason game coming up Saturday against the Colts. Yeah, our, our guest, Josh Reed, WIVB Sports Director. So at the guard position, I mean, I don't know. You can make an argument for Torrance as he's the better player. You can make an argument for the experience of Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates' versatility may actually hurt him in that regard. But if I'm looking at week one, and if all things are equal, do they lean on Bates here going against the Jets week one? Full disclosure, I have been an Osiris Torrance guy since the draft, since before the draft, the combine. I had a chance to speak to him in Indianapolis. I, 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 did, I did a thing. I did a story on him. I think he is – my prediction is next year when we're sitting here, we're talking about Osiris Torrance as their best offensive lineman. I think he has the potential to be that good. Um and I think at the end of the day, I think he's going to be the starting right guard. I, I do. I think the, when he really gets in the trenches, they, they're full pads, and it's game, game time, and he starts running people over and, and is just a brick wall and pass protection, I think they're going to go, well, that's our guy. Here's the other thing. It, it's kind of this weird double-edged sword with Ryan Bates, right? Because he is a very serviceable Right guard. Very solid, right? But he's also a very serviceable left guard. And he can play center and he can play he can play all along the offensive line. So that versatility and being good at a little bit of everything and not great at one thing maybe hurts him as yeah. far as carving out that niche in the starting line. Yeah, it feels like his biggest strength might be the thing that puts him out of the yes. starting lineup, Agreed. which is kind of crazy to think about. But I understand for 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 the sake of continuity, you probably want to have one guy in that position and know that if you have a loss at that position, Bates is the guy that can step into that role and you don't really miss miss a step. Josh Reed joining us here in the sports bar. So I mentioned that corner two doesn't really feel like a competition because when it's all said and done, 
they could just kind of shuffle guys in and out depending on who the matchup is. But who has looked good? Have we seen that step up in Kyrie Elam's game from year one to year two? Has he looked the part of corner two, at least, considering that they invested a first-round pick in him? At times. And then at times. <laughs> here's, here's the interesting thing that I, I, I run into when I look and kind of watch the offensive line versus the Bills' defensive line. When I watch the Bills' cornerbacks, in particular at the number two spot, Sometimes i got to remind myself they're going up against Stephon Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, good, I, look, most, most cornerback ones are going to struggle against him. Same with Gabe Davis. I mean, so you got to kind of remember that as well. That, that's a big part of this. I, I think at times Kyrie Elam has shown what he can do. In particular, when they do these one-on-one drills down near the end zone and Kyrie Elam can get up into the body of guys, which is his strength coming out of college. Everybody said, oh, this guy plays man-to-man, and he's really strong, and he's, you know, he's powerful. He can knock guys off their routes. That's not really what Bill's defense does. So it's almost like they're trying to rebrand him a little bit, right, into what they want. Um, he's shown signs of being able to do it. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson just reminds me of Levi Wallace. Yeah, It's just... You just, you can't get rid of him, quote unquote, right? I mean, you just, he always seems to show back up. And you, and I think right now he's still the safer play. But I think that th- we could be looking at just kind of a juggling and a mix of guys in and out. I, I don't think, I'm not talking series in, series out, but maybe it's game to game. Maybe they like Kyir Elam's ability and physical matchup against one wide receiver. And maybe they like a little different with Dane Jackson. Christian Benford, I think, is probably third in, in the running here. I, I think he's done some nice things, but to me, it, it's Dane and Kair, and then there's a little bit of a gap there, and then it's Christian Benford. Yeah, Josh, I look at the secondary last year. We kind of overlooked. They were never really together. Like Micah Hyde going out early, and then you didn't have Tredavious White till the end of the season. In fact, you didn't have Tredavious White getting back, but... Certainly this camp, he looks better. So your, your thoughts overall on the secondary, and can this actually become a strength of the team once again? Yeah, and I mean, they had Jordan Poyer for most of the season, but did they have the real Jordan Poyer? I mean, right, he had like a punctured lung and had to drive to Kansas City. Remember that yes, story? Absolutely. Like, that's just crazy. I mean, to think of the things that he did to, to get to a game. I mean, he was banged up all year long. You remember seeing the big brace he had on his elbow? Just this, this secondary, is, I believe, is going to be top three, four, five. They're going to be one of the better units in the NFL because Tredavious is healthy. And when Tredavious is healthy, he is an all-pro cornerback. He is one of the best shutdown cornerbacks in the NFL. And the safety duo of Hyde and Poyer, just, they're elite, elite. Now, individually, are they elite? Maybe not, but... Together, they are 100% elite. And it's, it's interesting because Tredavious White, while he's been very elusive to the media once again, as Tredavious is, has become in the last couple of years, you still see he's playful again. When he's out there on the practice field, he's fun. In fact, he, the other day when we lost power here, we go out to the practice field and the DJ's not playing any music. Normally, we hear music playing and everything. Tredavious starts walking over, and he like pulls his helmet off, and he says, hey, 
where's my music? Where's my music to the DJs? And I'm kind of standing there just listening to him talk to the, and they were like, we lost power, man. Trey, we lost power. And he goes, oh, I'm going to have to listen to, I'm Josh Reed in the sports. <laughs> oh, he goes, I, can't, I don't need that. Yeah. And I go, hey, Trey, my, my wife doesn't like hearing me talk, yeah. so I understand. But uh, you could, he's just got that playfulness about him. And if there, was, if there were any doubts at all about his confidence in the knee, week, maybe the week one, but maybe it was like practice two, practice three, it was such a small thing that I noticed, but it was huge because it's, it stuck with me. He actually had, like, somebody, it was a pass down the field, and he kind of dove and was stretched out and was laying down face first on the ground and, like, smacked the ground a couple of times out of frustration, not because of injury, but it caught me because I was like, oh, what's wrong here? Then he sat up to his knees, and then he went from his knees straight up to his tiptoes, like popped wow. himself straight up off the ground. That's not something that you do if you're not 100% sure. confident in your knee and in your leg. So I, that stuck with me. We, we are about to see 100% healthy Tredavious White, and it's going to be fun. Josh, we talked to a new Buffalo Bill on Monday, Taylor Rapp. We talked to him for the first time, and he strikes me as a player that's too good to just sit on the bench. What do you think they do with Taylor Rapp this season? You know, we've come to think about offenses is positionless football anymore you know the way they just move guys around and you know is Dalton Kincaid a tight end is he a wide receiver is he both you know I I think we're seeing that kind of trickle over to the defensive side of the ball a little bit I think Taylor Rapp is a good example of that I think you know in an ideal world maybe he saves some snaps from Poyer saves some snaps from Hyde throughout the season I, I know but Look, I, I think if you can find a way to make that work, I think you do. I think if you're up by 21 in the fourth quarter of games, you can comfortably put Taylor Rapp on the field knowing that you're not going to miss a beat. And here's the other thing. The, the Bills, you know, are a two-linebacker team. I mean, they just are. So, you know, on running downs or passing downs, is there a mix of, Taron Johnson and Taylor Rapp, is there a way you can maybe mix him into there? Is there a passing down situation where we could be talking about a linebacker duo of Taylor Rapp and Matt Milano on the field together? You know, where you're really small, but look, if it's third down and 18, you know they're going to pass the ball. It's just, I, I think he's a nice chess piece to move around the alignment. Um, and we saw when... Hyde went out last year, and then Poyer was playing injured, and then the DeMar Hamlin thing happens, and the drop-off was pretty significant after Hyde and Poyer, which is, is to be expected. They're really good. I think what Brandon Bean did this offseason was he made sure that that drop-off isn't nearly as significant as it was last season. Talking to Josh Reed, WIVB, uh, another camp battle, like the wide receiver battle, the back end. I mean... Justin Shorter, you might be risking if you think you can get him to the practice squad. And Isabella coming in, do they can they afford the luxury of having a guy that can be just your returner in that regard? How do you see the back end of the receivers here, John? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think Isabella's probably still a long shot to make the roster. I think Justin Shorter is right there. I, I think, that, I mean, they have invested a draft pick in him this year. I think, and I tell you, you watch that guy, you look at him on the football field, 
and he looks different than the other receivers they have. He's just his build is different. What they ask him to do and what they'll ask him to do is a little bit different. You know, he's a little bit more, hey, go down there and you're going to out jump everybody and you're taller than everybody kind of guy. You know, the part of the wide receiver puzzle that I find interesting is everybody's getting so caught up in who is wide receiver three. Is it is it Trent Sherfield? You know, is it Hardy? Who is it? Wide receiver three is Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox. It's wide receiver three is really going to end up being target number six, five, you know, because there's a chance you could put James Cook ahead of the wide receiver three when it comes to targets at some point. I mean, because you're looking, look, Diggs, Davis, Knox, Kincaid, James Cook, and then maybe wide receiver three. Right. I mean, look, Sherfield, maybe he does bump himself up. And I, I think he, to me, is the most interesting out of those, out of the kind of guys who aren't Diggs and Davis and Knox and Kincaid. I, to me, I think he's got a real shot to, to make some plays this season. One name you didn't mention, and I find it curious that you didn't Khalil mention. Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir. Yeah. How's his camp? Yeah, I don't think it's been great. I don't, I th- I don't think it's been bad. I just don't think it's been great. In fact, he talked the other day, and he basically said that. He was like, yeah, I haven't really stood out, but <laughs> I haven't been bad. I'm like, Uh-oh. okay, so you just kind of been a guy. But then Sean McDermott was asked about him, and Sean McDermott was like, look, I like the consistency that he shows up with day in and day out. So, okay, if you're consistently okay, I guess that's, that's one way to look at it. But I don't know. I, I think Khalil Shakir may need to carve his way out like a little bit of a return guy role here. And I know that maybe Hardy, maybe that's – obviously we saw the depth chart, and they're listed right next to each other in the return role. So I think whoever takes that return role, the other guy's probably going to be a little more influential on the offensive side of the ball. So for our viewers watching online right now, you, yeah, you probably can't see it, but to – Am I this handsome? Yeah, that, say it. That, well, that, that is true. <laughs> Behind you, Josh, um, just kind of, I don't know if he popped in. Von Miller, um, we see him just doing work on the side here. And the, the Von Miller question, you know, like, do, do, do they let him make the decision here? Could we actually see him week one in New York? I, I think it, I think he isn't going to be the only person that makes the decision. But I think his opinion will be weighed a lot heavier than maybe most. Um, I think. You know, he's a guy who's been through it before, so he knows what it takes. No one, no one knows their body better than the person that you're talking to, and Vaughn is at the point of his career where he knows not to rush it back. He knows that he's more important in November, December than he is in August and September. So I think that, I, I think that they will take his opinion and his thoughts in you know, very heavily. I think it'll weigh very heavily. I don't think we'll see him for the Jets game just because of what I'm talking about. I, I think that they have enough up front without Vaughn that they should be able to get the job done still. Um, and I, I don't think you want to risk that. I think, you know, if something happened week one, you'd go, why? Why Why did that happen? Look, I've been impressed. I mean, the guy works his tail off. We've seen the videos even before they reported to mandatory minicamps and stuff. We saw the videos online of him posting that he was working out and doing all this crazy one-legged jumps with weights on his shoulders his straight line stuff you watch it i mean he is just up and back and up and back just running and i haven't seen a lot of the lateral stuff uh doesn't mean he hasn't done it i haven't seen a ton of it i mean to me that's probably 
what you want to see before you get him back on the on the field. But look, if the power of positive thinking is something that actually helps you heal, there's no doubt that he has that going for him because every time you talk to him, he has said, look, he hasn't rolled out week one, and he's not going to be out past week six. So there's your timeline, I guess. Josh, we uh, heard from Sean McDermott earlier, and I guess I wanted to get you know a little recap from you and, and look ahead to Saturday. Who do you think we'll see on the field through the course of the preseason? Here? We're at that point of the preseason now where it's like, are they going to play the starters? Are the starters going to get in? Wrap them in bubble wrap and wait until week one? How do you think this all plays out here over the course of the preseason? Yeah, so no Josh Allen Saturday, no Stephon Diggs Saturday. He did say that most of the starters will play. Um, what that looks like, I, I don't know. I mean, t- to be honest with you, I don't know that I need to see Mitch Morse. You know, I think... Mitch and Josh are that combo package that I don't need to see Kyle Allen take snaps from Mitch Morris. Now, if the argument is you need Mitch in there between the two guards because the two guards are new, if it's not Ryan Bates, then okay, I get that. I just, to me, I'd like to see them take it easy on Mitch, you know, as, as best they can. Same with Dion. I know that I need to see a ton from Dion Dawkins. Um, Gabe Davis, same thing. I mean, I'm sure some of these guys. Maybe we'll play a series, maybe two series. He, he did say most of the starters. So I'm sure it'll be more than just Josh and Diggs. Maybe Hoyer and Hyde aren't on the field. Tredavious White, I don't know that I need to see a lot of them. At some point, it was interesting, though, that he, Sean made it clear that he plans on getting Josh Allen in to some of the preseason games sure. at some point. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I'm fine with that. I don't know that I need to see that. I Unless it's him turning around and handing it off two or three times, maybe throwing a five-yard out and then just grabbing a towel and hanging out because I don't need to see Josh Allen do anything. I know what Josh Allen can do. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff, which you'll have on the Fan Rochester TV side. Buffalo kickoff live. Uh, what time does that come up? Yeah, so we got Buffalo kickoff live from 1230 to 1 o'clock going right up to kickoff because – you know, you don't have those rules. You know, CBS isn't doing, like, their national pregame show and everything. So, yeah, we're going, you know, 1230 to 1 o'clock right up to kickoff. And then right afterwards, we're doing Buffalo postgame live. So we'll kind of recap everything that we saw for the, for the uh, first preseason game. But I can't believe it, man. We're we are here. It's time yeah. to tee it up on Saturday. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. You guys do a great job. We can't Thank wait you. to check it out. Josh Reed, WIVB TV, joining us here in the sports bar. Enjoy your weekend, bud. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Great uh, catching up with Josh Reed earlier today from St. John Fisher University, the final day of Buffalo Bills training camp here in Rochester. Yeah, a lot of things we can kind of dive into. Khalil Shakir, not having a good camp. I think that, that that opinion varies from beat reporter to beat reporter. I think I've seen plenty of beat reporters say he's raising his hand. He looks the part. He should win that role uh, or that he might carve out another role as a returner or that might be the thing that keeps him on this roster. Let's see what it looks like this preseason. We liked some of what we saw last year, but even the player himself, as, as Josh pointed out, saying, yeah, I've been okay. I, I need to be more consistent. He, he recognizes he needs to be more consistent, which I think plays all right. When you make a mistake, own up to that mistake, or when you're not playing to the level you're playing it, he's owning up to it. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting player to watch because he's got Hardy and Sherfield all kind of like there as veteran guys, you know, eating away at, at at his role within that offense and within special teams. And how much will they feed shorter here? That's also fascinating. Like, is he going to 
get 10 receptions? Or could he actually be kind of a surprise part of this offense? I'd love to see what they have dialed up for him in the preseason. I worry that if Justin Shorter somehow ends up on your practice squad, he won't be there long. I, I just that's my fear with with Justin Shorter, and we've seen that in recent years, specifically last year when when you thought you could get away with putting Isaiah Hodgins back on the practice squad nope. again. Yeah, he got gobbled up pretty quickly. I think Shorter physically is going to appeal to a team needy at wide receiver, and and he could contribute as soon as this year, his first year in the NFL. Happy Hour is next in the Sports Bar. We've got a round of shots coming up. We have time for your calls. You can join us at 866-4326-585-866-4FAN. We had the chance to speak to Buffalo Bills corner Saran Neal right after practice today. If you missed that conversation, we'll have it for you next here in the Sports Bar. We'll get to other news and notes from around the NFL. We do have preseason action to talk about tonight, including an AFC East rival of the Buffalo Bills. We'll get to that in more next with happy hour here in the sports bar danger and Bataglia on the fan women's soccer is on the world stage right now there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel America's number one sports book Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook the official partner of 95.7 the fan right now new customers getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win just go to FanDuel.com slash Mike to join today and don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Mike to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets which expire in seven days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467- 369. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 